Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rise and shine, football fans. Welcome to Morning Footy. So glad you're starting the day with us. I'm Susanna Collins alongside Nico Cantor, Jimmy Conrad, Alexis Guerreros, Chris Whittingham in the house for some headlines. Nico, how were the birthday celebrations? Dude, we're talking about my birthday every day this time. I know because I feel like 30 is a big one though. It's worthy. Can I give can I give you uh, uh, credit or your flowers for the clapback you put on Twitter? They were talking oh. about you and your lady on yeah. the Champions League show. Yeah. And you, you tagged Jamie Carragher and said, Mariana's been mentioned more on the Champions League show than Liverpool. Yeah. Very Absolutely nice. Every time That's how a clapback works, Thank folks. You. Thank you. I don't know how I feel. <laughs> I figured you might not love it. About that one. Yeah. Although Jamie said my name on the broadcast as well. <gasps> nice. Wow. He always brings up Kate's contract. And he, for whatever reasons, he's obsessed with people's contracts. And Kate referenced that she was going to be there for another four years. And he's like, oh, and then enters Susanna. And I was like, <laughs> and that's clearly not happening. But the fact that Jamie Carragher knows my name. And that's the best like, part. I'm just, it's still like, wait, what, what universe am I living in right now? So for right your now? next birthday, we're going to get Ian Rush to send you a Stop it. Message. That's wow. too much. Too much goodness for me. My head's going to explode. I'll, I'll start working. I'll or you know what? Wait, don't wild. you have Actually, Lucha Garcia? How much? Actually, you know what? We have surprised you. Martin Skirtle. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, Daniel, Daniel Agar. Daniel Agar was my. Jersey Dudek. Jersey Dudek. Rushmore Liverpool crushes. Torres okay, was like. Um, Daniel Agar. Daniel Agar was okay. up there. I had a wild crush on Sammy Hippia. I just had a thing. Fair. With wow. Yeah. I, lo- I loved him. I absolutely loved him. And yeah, Javi Alonso. Probably. No, John Avnerisa? No. Redhead? No. Strong man. Left foot. Boom. Yeah. Craig no? <laughs> Bellamy? Trying to sell John Avnerisa. You're really working hard there. I, he's on my yeah. Mount Rushmore of the spin pressure. team. But it was, uh, no, Fernando Torres was nice. my. Mm. El Nino. My El king, El Nino. Pretty I had a t-shirt swole. that said El Nino with his face. <laughs> <laughs> Bring that back. This is obnoxious. It's somewhere. I'll have to dig through. It exists. That's the Champions League of your hot boys. From oh, gosh. Yeah, you know who isn't in Champions League? Liverpool. That's so right. um, let's let's chat about Wednesday's matches that don't include Liverpool. How about that? Here's a look at the results uh, from yesterday in Group E. Feyenoord to get the 3-1 win over Lazio. It was a 2-2 draw. This game was wild between Great goals. Celtic and Atleti. Borussia Dortmund 1-0 at St. James's Park against Newcastle. P- 
PSG 3-0 over AC Milan. Uh, we also had Barcelona getting the 2-1 win over Shakhtar Donetsk. And City continue to roll 3-1 over Young Boys. Let's get into the highlights from Group F. Um, we start with Newcastle Dortmund. A win would have put Newcastle well in control of this group, um, but really just not a good first half from them. But it's a group of F. Anything can happen. <laughs> and listen, uh, Newcastle doesn't lose often at St. James Park. Literally, their only loss here this season was against Liverpool. And they've only lost a handful of times since the beginning of last season. And they pushed and they tried and they were so close. But uh, Dortmund held on, honestly. And it was very important for them to get a win as well because maybe they were unconvincing at times this season. Um, I think a draw was a fair result here. You think so? Yeah, there was enough chances from Newcastle. And what I really like as a Newcastle supporter is that we don't look out of place in the Champions League. So I like that part of it. But Mm -hmm. in respect to Dortmund, they didn't seem intimidated by the atmosphere at St. James's Park. And it makes me wonder, because of the atmosphere that they play in on a regular basis at right. home, they just didn't seem... Didn't seem faced yeah, they, they settled it. into the game really well. I think they, they were, managed the game uh, really well. They were just way more efficient. They had more shots, more shots on target, a higher XG. I, look, for, with less uh, possession, they clearly looked like they were comfortable at St. James Park, which is the last word I would expect to use. How many times did Callum Wilson hit the bar? All right, here we are uh, to Paris we go. PSG and AC Milan and Kylian Mbappe doing what he does. Oof. Yeah, unbelievable scenes. Kylian Mbappe, it's hard to argue him not being considered the best player in the world, especially when he's playing with a ton of confidence. Scored a couple goals for his country, obviously. But they're going to give the Ballon d'Or to a player in MLS, so. As they should. <laughs> as they should, though. And Lee Kang Dude won a World Cup or something. The second uh, highest-selling shirt for PSG now. Hey. Kang Lee? Yeah. Look at wow. that. Um, Number one on digital sales. Wow. All right. Can we talk about the table? <laughs> yeah. That is sure. up on screen because sure. Group F suddenly got a lot more interesting, didn't it, Nico? M- Milan has been so underwhelming because... They haven't there, scored. There, 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 there were so many moments where we've been saying throughout these first three games, Milan should have done this. Like in the first game against Newcastle, they should have gotten They should have walked away there with a win and they only got one point at San Siro. And then yesterday, when PSG goes up 1-0, then there's a goal that's chalked off because of VAR. PSG could have gone up 2-0. There was a moment where Pulisic had a one-on-one opportunity, decides to pass it and lay it off to, to Giroud. And, and he, he, even in the post-game interview, knew that they should have taken that. It should have been 1-1. He says that the game, did, the 3-0 scoreline didn't reflect how close the game really was. But if you don't take your chances, and PSG did, and they showed how clinical they were, yesterday they hit the reset button, and the group, anything can happen now. Given what I saw from PSG throughout that game, even if Christian Pulisic scores that, I still feel like PSG goes on to get the full three points. Stefano Pioli, the manager of Milan, came out and said that for 60 minutes, we were very good. And I was like, what game is he watching? For the first 25 minutes, no problem. I thought that uh, Milan were in it. They were pushing the game. They were asking some questions. They were making PSG suffer. And then the goal was scored and everything changed. And then it seemed like PSG relaxed. And you got to see Vitinha, I thought was excellent. Uh, Zaire Emery, 17 years Oof, old, the youngest player to ever get two so assists good. in the Champions League. Maybe the man of the match in that. Just his presence in midfield. I just thought PSG were doing enough things to win that game, even if Milan had scored that. So with all due respect to Christian Pulisic, who should have shot there instead of passed, I don't know if it would have made a difference to the, the end game. Uh, fun fact about this match, maybe not fun if you're a fan of AC Milan, <laughs> this is the first time in history for a European competition that Inter Milan have not fielded an Italian in the first That AC Milan. AC Milan. Mm-hmm. What did I say? Inter Milan. My bad. AC Milan. 
uh, having visited uh, an Italian. It's crazy. Wow. Especially when they were, Inter Milan was started, which is why I probably said their name, was started so that they could just not only play Italians. They could play international players. And now AC Milan. Wild. But to your point, they haven't scored yet in this competition. And if you go back to the semifinals of the Champions League last year, they didn't score over two legs against Inter. So that's five straight games in the Champions League without scoring a goal. April 18th, I believe, was the, their last goal in Champions League, which is wild. That's wanna, an issue. I want to chat about um, PSG because this is the same team that was completely dismantled by Newcastle in their last Champions League outing. Jimmy, what did you? was there a difference from them in terms of the way they, they set up, the way they approached this game, or was this AC Milan just being a lesser opponent? I don't know about lesser opponent. I don't want you baiting me to say I something am. there, but I think that PSG tinkered and did some things in the international break that have clearly worked. Luis Enrique, I think, is starting to find the right players. They're starting to understand his system a little bit better. It showed against Strasbourg this past weekend. They played a 3-3-3-1. I think they got some more players in advanced positions, especially in midfield. And it shows. And I think Vitinha knows where he needs to be. Zaire Emery just where they're supporting the play, it allows Kylian Mbappe to stay higher up the field so he can pick those pockets of space and find himself in more 1v1 situations. I really like what's happening right now with PSG. And if I go back and raise my hand as in terms of my predictions, I had PSG getting third in this group. And now after Ooh. three Ooh. match days, I actually think they're going to go on to win it because yeah. of what I saw in this particular matchup. And I just think the schedule benefits them a little bit. And I think they'll be able to manage the rest of it. Okay. I think this would have been a difficult, a very difficult group to predict correctly because we had no idea what course she was going to be. But maybe there's something to remember when Ronaldo was, came back to Manchester United and it felt like everybody was trying to sort of appease him by passing him the ball, maybe in positions where it wasn't maybe the best pass. Or I mean, I can think of Bruno Fernandes sort of maybe forcing the ball to him sometimes. I'm starting to, I'm starting to see that maybe that was something that was happening at PSG, sort of looking back now with Neymar and, and Messi where now it feels like they're playing as more of a unit. Even Mbappe isn't sort of sticking his neck up as, like, I need to be the star at all times. This is starting to feel like an 11. Am I wrong? I don't know if you guys are sensing the same thing or starting to see the same thing when they play. No, I think that Luis Enrique is finding the identity of his team, especially through Warren Zaire Emery. Um, He's incredible. And, and in the midfield with Vitinha, he got the pieces that he wanted. Uh, Gonzalo Ramos is a nice compliment, but then you have Colomuani on top of that. You have brought in talent, but not world superstars. And not only that, they know the responsibility, they know their roles. Whereas opposed to when you have seven players on the field and then three guys that are never going to defend in Messi, Neymar, eh, Mbappé, mm. it's going to be extremely difficult to put together some sort of collective display that's going to be sustainable. And wait till they get the balance figured out, because right now it still feels heavily favored to Mbappe. But if you have Ushman Dembele starting to be more consistent on the other side, how do you defend those guys? Gonzalo Ramos actually hasn't scored or has been as influential and impactful as we've seen him in his previous club. So when he gets going in a certain way, I just feel like this PSG team, to your point, is really yeah. going to grow as a unit. And that really makes them unstoppable. It's yeah. almost like asking Michael Jordan to buy into the triangle offense. Right. Hey, you're great by yourself, but if you just buy into the system, you're going to go on and reach great heights. Look what can happen. Well, PSG currently sitting on top of the Group F table at six points. I want to chat to you, Jimmy, about your team, Newcastle, um, and just kind of take your temperature mm. on how you were feeling. Because had they gotten a result in this game, they could have been mm. well in control That's pulse, not of Group F. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. But to lose, to lose against Dortmund, I have a feeling that when, when Newcastle looked at this matchup 
at home. They, they looked at this match against Dortmund at St. James's Park as a game that they were going to win and should win. That is not what transpired on the pitch. Do you, are you still hopeful for Newcastle's chances despite the fact that they're dropping points? I home? am hopeful. <laughs> and I say this because... <laughs> They go and play in Dortmund the next time around. I talked about atmosphere while we were watching the highlights of this particular game. And because they play in front of a raucous crowd at St. James's Park, they're going to go down to the Westfalenstadion and probably feel like, all right, it's loud here, but we've dealt with this before. And I don't think that's going to phase them. For them, it's taking their chances. They maybe a little loose defensively. Uh, obviously, Dortmund scored a great goal, by the way. I want to give a shout out to Emeka for that. But they had their chances here, and, and I think the loss of Alexander Isak was huge. He's been very pivotal for them. I think that he, Callum Wilson, I'm, I'm a big fan of, but Isak has a little bit of that, more of that game-changing ability. My issue now with Newcastle is just their schedule before they play Dortmund again. They're at Wolves. They're uh, at Manchester United. Then the and international then break? No, then they're home to Arsenal. And then there's an international break in there somewhere. Yeah. And then there's, then there's a way to Dortmund. Oof. That's a very difficult schedule. You're asking this club who haven't played in the Champions League in over 20 years to figure out how to have success in multiple competitions. And, and that's going to be a challenge. That's almost what makes me more nervous It's just the challenge. It's not necessarily Dortmund per se. It's mm -hmm. just managing all these games and trying to have success in multiple competitions. Dortmund's lost once at home since the beginning of 2022 if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that which, doesn't make me feel any better. Yeah, Thanks. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's difficult to go there and win. And hey, the Champions League in these types of groups. Imagine, that, as we were saying yesterday, for the big teams, it, it's like almost a wash, the group stage. You're going to, it's fine. If you lose a game here or there, you'll make it up eventually. But not here. This is almost like knockout stage football for these four teams, which are pretty big teams. So they're going if they're going to want to progress if they want to flex their muscles to show that they belong in this competition they're going to have to get a result in they Dortmund in Dortmund because their they next one is yeah. in Paris Oof. so that makes That's a difference Oof. yeah it's only we're halfway through the group stages yeah. Look at us. They gotta hustle up. No. Still standing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's going on? A lot of coffee. <laughs> lot uh, of coffee. We are going to have plenty more on yesterday's Match Day Three Champions League matchups. Right now, we're going to take a break. Chris Whittingham is going to return with some headlines when we come back. Stay with us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Okay, this is Manchester City arriving, and they were taking a lot of heat for these varsity cardigan sweater things. 
I don't hate them. They am I, am, look at Grealish. They hit. And uh, by the way, <laughs> give some credit. Everyone this hated is, it. And I this is like the best Erling Holland has looked. This is incredible. I, Kyle Walker, look at that. The number and the name on the back That's is the only I mean, I think, sus part. Okay, if it was just the, I think the number would have been fine. The name yeah. is a little cringe. But I actually, I didn't hate these. Everyone was like, oh, they're getting destroyed for these Cardis. And I was like, why? Kind of, kind of my aesthetic. Also, doesn't it feel like know. old timey? Like that's what they would have worn. Yeah. Like Manchester City of, of like whatever, eighteen eighty six, whatever back then. <laughs> I would wear eighteen eighty six. Roll back the clock. No. Doesn't it feel like that's how they would have played the game? Jimmy, you had a cardigan on oh. yesterday. I did. It's very comfortable. But mm -hmm. my name and number weren't on the back, so that's my only issue with these. But I thought they looked sharp. What I, is that, I, I called you Cardi C behind your back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I love that. Okay. I good. like that too. Good bit. Thank good you. bit. That's a good bit. Mm -hmm. Chris Whittingham, would you rock that Cardi? Um, it says DC on the front. Why does it say D? Shouldn't it say MC on the front? It said DC. I, I, I feel yeah. like, I, unless my vision is bad, I feel like it's not because in 1886 the city was called Danchester. Danchester. Yeah. Danchester. Legendary. Dan. Daniel Chester, who founded the city in 1222. Yeah, and they were like, we can't call it Danchester. They're like, how about we change it to an M? I liked it. <laughs> Shall we get to headlines? Let's though? do it. Yes. Let's do it. Please. We'll start with breaking news out of Italy, where the head of the Italian Football Federation has confirmed this morning that Sandro Tonali will be banned for 10 months for illegal betting on soccer matches. The news comes after a day after Tonali started for Newcastle in their Champions League loss to Borussia Dortmund, a match that will be his last of the season. Tonali will not be able to play until August, shortly after the next English Premier League season begins, and the suspension will keep him out of Euro 2024 if Italy qualifies. As part of his plea deal, Tonali will forego $13 million in salary from Newcastle, though he will be able to train with the Premier League side during his suspension. The Tonali news adds to an already rough week for Newcastle. The Magpies not only suffered a 1-0 home loss to Borussia Dortmund yesterday, but they also had multiple players suffer injuries in the game. Swedish striker Alexander Isak left the match in the 15th minute with a recurrence of the groin injury he has previously battled this season. English winger Jacob Murphy left the match just five minutes after coming on as a 65th minute substitute with a shoulder injury Newcastle manager Eddie Howe called a serious one. In MLS news, Inter-Miami said goodbye to Joseph Martinez yesterday, declining to bring back the Venezuelan striker in a move that had been expected for months. The former MLS Cup winner with Atlanta United joined Inter-Miami this season, scoring seven goals and helping the Herons win the League's Cup and reach the U.S. Open Cup final. Martinez's departure comes with Inter-Miami heavily linked to Uruguayan striker Luis Suarez, who is poised to lead Brazilian side Grêmio this winter, paving the way for a reunion with close friend and former Barcelona teammate Lionel Messi. In USMNT news, Greg Berhalter's team held on to its 11th place spot in the FIFA rankings with the latest rankings dropping this morning. The top five remain unchanged with world champion Argentina staying in the top spot. What? Portugal, Ar Argentina is their top of the FIFA, they're number one. Ah, okay, One sorry. of all the countries in the world, Argentina okay, is top. Great. Portugal is the biggest mover in the top 10, climbing to sixth place after adding two more wins to their now eight match winning streak. The USMNT stayed 11th in the rankings, one spot ahead of Mexico, despite their 3-1 loss to 16th-ranked Germany earlier this month, they also defeated 60th-ranked Ghana in October. 
In other USMNT-related news, U.S. midfielder Johnny Cardoso has reportedly secured a big move to Europe this winter, a reward for his outstanding form with Brazilian side Internacional. According to multiple reports, the mustachioed midfielder is a subject of a $6 million transfer to La Liga side Real Betis in a deal that will go through in January. The transfer includes a 20% sell-on clause. Cardoso is in the midst of a breakout season for Inter, helping the club reach the Copa Libertadores semifinals. He also recently played in both both of the USMNT's October friendlies, including a start in the win against Ghana. Jimmy, we've yes. seen Johnny really step it up this season. But what can a move to La Liga do for his development? Could it be what he needs to move up the USMNT midfielder depth chart? I do think that this is an important move for him. He's 22 years old. He's going to go into a team that's managed 22. by wow. Manuel Pellegrini, who obviously is a very experienced manager, won the Premier League with Manchester City amongst some of his other accomplishments. He likes to play a 4-2-3-1 system, mm-hmm. so he likes to have a double pivot. Got Mark Roca right now, 26-year-old. Right. Uh, they have Guido Rodriguez, a 29-year-old Argentinian, right. that play in that spot. Both of them have scored this season, so there is some kind of activity of trying to get into the attack. But I think this would be a great experience for Cardoso, not only for the things I've mentioned in terms from a team perspective, but playing in arguably a, a more competitive league where Betis do get into Europe or scrape into those situations where they're trying to get into the top four. And with Pellegrini, I think he's going to learn a ton. And obviously more tactically developed than the Brazilian league at a faster pace. To go even further down the depth chart of Betis, William Carvalho is someone that Betis has brought on as kind of like that defensive midfielder in that in a similar role where Carvalho would play. Um, so they've used him, obviously Mark Roca and, and, and Guido Rodriguez, and not only that, the fourth person that would kind of fit, not exactly the defensive midfield position, but in that spot, probably play something else, is Andres Guardado, uh, the, the historic he Mexican. He's he like still plays. He's like my age. So I imagine, you know, it's at He's one 27. point. He's <laughs> Guard- <laughs> Guardado is, is probably going to take a step beyond Betis, and um, that's just a, another person that you want to fill in, in your midfield slots if, if you're Betis, and it's a good pickup, I think. What's interesting is because he'll now go into a system with two holding midfielders, I feel like the U.S. is looking for an out-and-out number six that sits in the hole by themselves in front of the back four. I think it was evident against Germany in particular that we missed the presence of Tyler Adams. They tried with Leonard Mo- um, uh, Maloney. Maloney. Leonard Maloney. Even in the Ghana James game, it, it was Musa and Cardoso <laughs> next to each other, yeah. which is going to be nice for the situation he's going to go to in Batiste in January. But we're still looking for that kind of enforcer in front of our back four. And I don't know if Cardoso is exactly that player like for like, but we clearly miss some of that bite. And Hopefully he can provide at that. Inter, also Inter in Porto Alegre, uh, where, where he was playing in Brazil, they also played a 4-2-3-1, where Charles Arangis, the Chilean, the former Chilean international, uh, former Bayer Leverkusen, he was kind of like the more technical link-up midfielder, as where Johnny Cardoso was recover. Boom. You know, it's quick, quick ball out to, to either Charles Arangis, a wing back. Um, but I like that in Johnny, as they refer to him just straight up in, in, in Brazil. Hell of a mustache, too. Yeah. Well, for some reason, we have an elongated period without Tyler Adams. Hopefully, Johnny Cardoso can uh, be his replacement, which I just hope doesn't happen. The Tyler Adams part. (laughs) (laughs) Buckle up. Buckle up, people. Um, All right, we are going to take a break. Uh, When we come back, we are diving into last night's 
MLS wild card matches. Ooh. The playoffs have started, and uh, yeah, there was some drama. That's coming up after a quick timeout. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Last night saw the wild card round of the MLS Cup playoffs kick off. Here is a look at the updated bracket. The Red Bulls beat Charlotte FC at home 5-2. They are moving on. Yes, Nico. You had them in your bracket? I did. You had them in your bracket? I had you did too? Yes. No, I don't remember what I put. <laughs> Why are you asking? I just want to know. Also, in the Jimmy Conrad Derby, it was mm. Sporting Kansas City getting the best of San Jose. It was nil-nil after regulation. It went to penalties, and uh, Tim Melia coming up big once again, as he does in these moments I mean, for Sporting Kansas City. Three certainties in life. Death, taxes, and Tim Melia helping your team win. Oh boy, but that sets <laughs> up an unreal. incredible matchup uh, between St. Louis City and Sporting Kansas City, and we're going to dive into that later in the show. But let's get into the highlights from last night, shall we? We start in Harrison, New Jersey, Red Bull Arena, the site of the Red Bulls taking on Charlotte FC. Charlotte making oh, their... the show. I mean, John Tolkien can do it oh. all, folks. Bend it like Tolkien over here. <laughs> Messy who? Bend it like Jamai, actually, right? This is an incredible goal, though, by Vargas. Oh. I mean, that is ridiculous. I mean, that is a bi- that's a bicycle kick. I mean, that's a yes. goal of the season yes. type yes. That is a full bicycle. That is a full bike. That Unreal. is not an overhead. And... No one expected this. Elias Manuel with a hat trick. <laughs> what do you mean nobody expected this? I Elias, certainly did The man didn't. who only scored three goals in yeah. MLS all season Well, he doubled the tally in what? one match. Crazy. You um, don't say. Isn't that your favorite team? I'm surprised. Yeah, 100%. Um, thank you, Cardi. Um, uh, <laughs> Jamai not only scored that free kick, but he had two assists. Yep. And he... He's I, the I think guy. He's the guy. And a left back, for a left back to be the guy at such a young age, homegrown player, it, it says a lot of the projection of this kid. And it's exciting to see. It is exciting to see. And he, he does it with, uh, he's so cool about it, you know? Like, he's, he's 21 years old, but he, the way he carries himself and the, the way that he has just stepped into this leadership role on the team and has become the guy and established himself as the guy is, is pretty special to, to watch. I just think, Jimmy, what was so interesting to me about this match was that the Red Bulls aren't a team that score many goals. They, if you look across the board at their score lines, it's a lot of one-goal games, 2-1, 1-0. And they put up five in the playoffs. This, it was uncharacteristic, but what a, what a performance from Troy Lassane and, and the guys. This was just not how I saw this one playing out. Suze, I'm a little <laughs> torn. Yeah. Because I thought the Red Bulls were excellent. I thought they played with a new lease on life. Mm-hmm. You get into the playoffs, it's a new season, everything's great, they're playing at home. Uh, Charlotte decided not to mark anybody at all. No. So I don't really know. Which you brought up. Yeah. Charlotte, while Rebels don't score a lot, Charlotte do they leak a lot. They this do. is, this was. I, I, can't, I can't tell if the Red Bulls were that good or if Charlotte were that bad. Mm-hmm. It's probably somewhere in the middle. I do really love John Tolkien. His calmness is a great word, his composure. He's making it look easy at a very young age, and I wonder what his trajectory is and how long he's going to be mm-hmm. in MLS moving forward because I had, there, there's something special going on. Charlotte clearly had to have some type of plan for him, and yet it felt like he had all the time in the world every time he stepped on the ball. 
Uh, pretty impressive performance from him. I wonder what kind of damage they can do against FC Cincinnati. Obviously, going to be a stiffer test in pretty much every facet yeah. of the game on both sides of the ball. And you may be able to catch them. You may be Maybe. able to sneak a, sneak a punch. But there's 12 rounds. This is three games. Yeah. This is a long bout. I want to put a pin in that because we're yeah. going to hit on that later in the show. We have a whole segment. Okay. Well, then, just so to just, mention something know. about John Tolkien, I think what's special is there's players that are that leadership is thrust upon them and then they meet it, and there's other players that look for it and, and also meet it, and that's John Tolkien. He is – you can see him wanting to be that guy, and then he's rising to that occasion. It's a, it's a special player, and I agree with you. I don't know where. I'm not exactly sure where that level is for Europe at this moment, but there will be phone calls made. There will be emails sent. There will be texts sent. He's on a radar. He is he's on 100% radar. on a radar. At the very least, I, I want to see him get tested at a higher level because I feel like he has that in him. Look how serious Alexis gets when he has to talk about New York. <laughs> you know, only it. because everyone remembers when I mentioned something positive about Red Bulls. Everyone suddenly remembers. I think a lot of group fair. chats. Get, you know, I get a lot, of, a lot of messages with my quotes. But look, J. Mai is an incredible player. Deserves all the credit. I agree. Uh, well, the Brazilian Manuel, a hat trick for the New York Red Bulls in this one. Again, I think he only had three goals in all of MLS regular season, uh, but he joins uh, an illustrious group of players who have had a hat trick in the playoffs. Look at some of these names Landon Donovan, Javinko, mm, J Mo. Look at that. And then there's my era, Stern John, Raul Diaz Arce. Listen, Stern John was excellent what back name. in the day. Yeah, he did. Stern John. For those that don't know, Stern. John had the stern turn. You just could not the defend stern it. Turn. The stern turn. He was incredible, and then he just let it slip away. He, he uh, didn't maximize his potential, but wow. had he done that, he would have been one of the best players in CONCACAF, for sure. Love it. But Elias Manuel will be, a, I think, like a trivia item. <laughs> you know what I mean? He like scored more goals years. in a playoff in one game than he did the rest <laughs> the of the rest season. Of the season. Yeah. Let's not go. Three. Let's go. Feeling himself. Um, like I said, we are going to hit on that matchup between the Red Bulls and FC Cincinnati later on in the show. Let's move on over to the West and the Jimmy Conrad Derby, we, shall we? should we? do that. Sporting Kansas City hosting the San Jose Earthquakes. And this one uh, was scoreless until the very end. We went to a PK shootout, and was this Jackson Ewell? Jackson Ewell. Oh, guys at the bar. You know what? Just wanted to give a souvenir to some of the fans behind the goal. It's very nice of Jackson Ewell. Man, man of the people. Honestly, though, if, if you step up and Tim Mealy is in goal, that has to be a little bit intimidating. This is Daniel Shallowy putting it away for Sporting I, Kansas City. Yeah. And they win it. I agree with you on that point, though. Tim Melia has presence, mm -hmm. and clearly his reputation precedes him. So when you do go step up, you feel like you have to be perfect as opposed to just picking your corner and hitting it with some power. He now has he has saved 15 of 34 heading into this. 15 of 34 penalties in his career, he, in his career that he saved. That's wow. basically 50%. Jeez. Like He is making a save almost on every other PK that he has faced, which is kind of staggering. And that's saved. That's not even considering there must be some missed penalty kicks in those other ones that he Like the Jackson Yule one. Yeah. For example. That's incredible. I remember Zach Steffen went on that run when he was still in MLS of saving penalties. Uh, I had a conversation with him, and I'm like, is it – I feels like when a player comes up to you, there's almost – all the pressure's on the kicker, but it almost feels like there's extra pressure on the kicker because they're expecting you to be a little bit better than most goalkeepers. Like, mm -hmm. they're expected to score, but you just have that extra. And he said he can see whenever – when he was sort of making a lot of those saves, he could see a difference in the confidence players would step up. And that's, probably, well, that's exactly what you saw in Tim Melia. He's just like one of those guys like, come on. 
He is. Go ahead and try. It, it, I know where you're going yeah. already. It feels like when there's a goalkeeper with a penalty kick saving reputation, the kicker does want to do something a little bit extra to make sure that they beat that specialist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not to take it back to Boca, but something crazy is going on. The fact I that thought you were gonna go the, Emmy. the goalkeeper. <laughs> oh, I thought you go Emmy Martinez. Emmy Martinez. Sure, but in, yeah, same also, Emmy Martinez, but specifically I'm remembering Chiquito Romero, Sergio Romero, Boca's right. goalkeeper, that he made it through three rounds of penalty kick shootouts, and, and then in the Argentine Cup, the, the, the FA Cup of Argentina, where he faced a penalty kick shootout just a week ago, the two penalty kicks that, that the other team took, they skied them because they tried to shoot strong, top bin penalty kicks, and his mere presence... A lot of it is mental. I imagine influence yeah. the kickers to try to well, a hundred percent. Go. Well, as I'd like to say, or as I have said many times, you can't win anything of consequence without a hot goalkeeper. And if Tim Melia can find that, not only in penalties but also just in the run of play, that gives Sporting Kansas City a great chance to try to get past St. Louis, who I think have more to lose here than necessarily have stuff to gain. I do want to say that I thought Kansas City were the protagonists throughout these 90 minutes. I thought because of that, they tried to drive the game, they tried to find answers and try to win it. They probably deserve to go through, mm -hmm. but shout out to Luchi Gonzalez, the manager of San Jose. They went in there with a game plan and they almost pulled it off. They absorbed, they absorbed, they absorbed. They brought Cade Cal on as a super sub and he almost changed the game. There was a, uh, he had a great 1v1 Oof. opportunity that got blocked. If they score that, I I think San Jose sneaks out of that with, with the win. Just a little bit So sharper. the game plan was almost executed mm -hmm. from San Jose, but on the balance, I'm glad that Kansas City, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of teams that try to push the game and try to make it happen. They looked a little tired they did. to me, yeah. Timmy. Was well, that concerning? And, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean it was they a put short it all turnaround. Into, this is the, yeah. Their final was the end of the season, the regular season. They're the first club in MLS history to make the playoffs after losing their first, uh, going winless, I should say, in their first 10 matches of regular season. They put it all just to get into the playoffs. How much energy, how much gas do they yeah. have left in the tank now for the playoffs? And they're about to run into a buzzsaw of not, buzz nothing but saw. energy, a, a swarm of bees. We'll see what happens. We I will. don't know. We, uh, oh, you we're want to put some money on it? We're going to yeah, hit put some on, money on it. How much? Oh, how much you got? Are we making yeah, so not, not what you think. <laughs> <laughs> I played in MLS 1.0. I don't have that much We either. can't do actual money on TV, or can we? Uh, so we'll say uh, sandwich. Sandwich. No. Yeah. Sandwich. No, no, no. And there's going to be a lot of rest Six foot sub the for games. the stew. Six foot stub for the Don't give him any Six foot sub for the studio. We have too many betting segments on Six foot We'll figure it out. Right here. It's a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> I'll take yeah. that bet, though. Uh, like I said, we're going to dive into the, uh, the next round of the playoffs and those three-game series coming up later on in the show. We're going to take a quick time out. We are chatting more on yesterday's Champions League results when we come back. Stick around. <laughs> 